Gotcha. So like you can't go out and buy the Lamborghini and talk that as an investable interest, right? Like that's cannot. But now if you're starting in um, like a automobile rental company where you're not driving that car every day, but you are renting it out and it's generating you an income, then yeah, you could buy a Lamborghini. Welcome back to the Mac podcast, where we talk about anything about entrepreneurship, business, real estate. We always challenge the conventional thinking into a theme called unfollow the herd, try to find our own path in life. Um, Guys, this channel doesn't keep going without your subscribes. Share it with somebody that it will help. Um, Make sure you're supporting the channel. Guys, please share this with someone. It can help somebody. We're going to figure out today. I have a guest with me today on how to figure out how to save millions of dollars in taxes each year when you exit real estate, business, crypto, whatever it is, they will figure out how to mitigate the tax penalty. So I love keeping more money. You should too. Uh, Guys, welcome to the podcast today. Paul, I don't know your last name as well. You, You can give it to us though. Yeah, no worries. It's Brineri. It's it's hard to pronounce, but yeah. uh, Mark, thanks so much, man, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you. I we were talking a little bit before this about, man. I, you were talking about a painting or something. Like you guys basically are the exit tax strategy specialists. Like that's how I would call it. Like when someone's gonna have a big exit or whether they're selling their family's real estate. You know, how do you mitigate some of the taxes? What what are some of the cool things that you've like literally, you know, there's all sorts of things that are worth money now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, at its most simple form, what we do is we help people with a really highly appreciated asset to further capital gains taxes. Yeah. Um, and so some of the things like you mentioned that we've worked with, uh, one of the cooler ones that uh, it actually happened a couple months ago, we had a client call us and he was telling us about this crazy story where um, his aunt, I believe it was, and, and I might be getting it slightly wrong, but uh, it was like his aunt was best friends with Picasso's someone in his family. And Dang. so they were all very close and he had some um, hand-drawn sketches and he also had a huge Picasso painting. Um, it was a one of a kind and it was gonna be ballparked somewhere between 25 and 50 million. Um, but the big deal was that he had to get it appraised still. And so he wasn't exactly sure. And the appraisal alone for that piece cost just over, I think, a quarter million dollars. So he was a little hesitant to go get mm. it appraised. And wow. uh, because it's it's such a cool piece. I mean, how many people can say I own a Picasso painting? Yeah, not many. I, I don't even know. Like, right. So all I know cool. is, yeah, they fractionalize these things out nowadays, you know, just for like, you know, I don't like to say beat up on real estate, but they're like, some of the guys are pitching that it's, I don't know, there's higher returns in it and whatever. So how do you even go about exiting? Like, what's the strategy? How do you guys, how do you guys save taxes on something like that, where you can't depreciate the painting? Right. <laughs> you, so really you good question. Yeah. yeah. So we use a, we use a tax strategy. It's called the deferred sales trust. Um, it's on internal revenue code 453. Um, so it has some different, uh, restrictions than let's say if you were to do a 1031, right? Different tax code. Okay. Now, um, just like a 10,000 foot view really of how it works. It, um, let's say, and we can use the, the 
um, like a business or real estate as an example, because it's just a little easier, I think, in a lot of people's brains. Okay. Um, so let's say that a client is selling their business for $5 million. They have little to no loans against it. Um, pretty much it's debt-free and they have no, you know, cost. They, they grew it all the way up. Um, they're going to pay a significant amount in capital gains taxes. I mean, in California alone, where we're located, it, wow. it's, you know, 37.1%. So Jeez. they're going to kiss $1.5 million to uncle Sam and never see it again. Yeah. So, um, what's going to happen is the client that has the asset, they, um, place their business within, uh, our trust, uh, in exchange for a promissory note that promises essentially them that money back the money that they're going to get from the ultimate buyer. Now, once the trust sells the asset, the trust becomes the seller of that asset. Mm. Once they sell it, um, the idea is that constructive receipt is not taken. So just like in a 1031 exchange, the reason for the qualified intermediary is so the client doesn't take constructive receipt. And that's what this whole idea is focused upon. Mm. Um, so essentially, the trust gets funded without the money ever touching the client's bank account. Now, um, once that trust account does get funded, the client essentially becomes their own bank. They get to determine with their investment advisor how they want to invest that money. So mm -hmm. some people um, might be not so risk averse. Maybe they want to do something like uh, guaranteed fixed annuities. Maybe they want to do some sort of um, treasury bills, something relatively safe. We also have other clients who are saying, hey, um, we grew up in real estate. We love real estate. Uh, we just don't want to be constricted by the 1031 guidelines. We don't want to have the 45 days to identify, yeah. have to close in 180 days. Maybe we're moving from California. We want to buy in Tennessee. Uh, and that mm. timeline just isn't going to work for us. So um, there's a lot of different options, but some people would like to invest back in real estate. Um, they can invest into any income generating asset, whether it be real estate, a business, stocks, bonds, whatever it might be. So there is a lot of flexibility with it. Now, um, all of that, of course, is based on the client's goals. And it really depends on how much money they need um, from the trust. So the trust is going to be paying them out in, in uh, um, income in okay. the form of interest payments every, uh, every month, year, however they would like to receive those payments. Now, as long as they don't touch the principal, then they're not going to be paying the capital gains taxes at that time. Anytime principal does get touched, the proportionate amount of capital gains tax does get paid. Um, so yeah. it's definitely not a tax elimination strategy by any means, um, but it is a deferral. So if you want, you can think of it similar to um, similar to like an IRA account. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, this is super interesting. So you can, you can get paid the interest though, right? You, you can- you can get paid interest. Is there, are you limited? I know you mentioned like bonds and different things. Can you, what else can you invest in with that trust? Yeah. So you can invest in anything that has an investable interest. And what that means is if you're going to have anything that the IRS could come at you and say, Hey, you own this, this is in your receipt. You are using this daily. Um, like an easy example would be a primary residence. 
right? Mm -hmm. You live there. The IRS is going to say, no, you, you live in it every day. That's your property. You need to pay yeah. taxes. Yeah. Um, now, if it's an investment property and someone else is paying you rent and it's generating an income, that's completely accepted. So um, anything that is an investable interest is kind of what you can invest in. Gotcha. So like you can't go out and buy the Lamborghini and talk that as an investable interest, right? Like that's... Cannot, but now if you're starting in um, like a automobile rental company where you're not driving that car every day, but you are renting it out and it's generating you an income, then yeah, you could buy a Lamborghini. Mm. I like that. So when the money's sitting in this trust, we sold the Picasso, um, we got 25 or 50 million. Can we... You know, you hear of all these things of infinite banking a little bit. Can you borrow against that money? So you can't borrow against that money okay. um, because the IRS would see that as constructive receipt. Now, um, I'm not going to badmouth any of the other uh, tax strategies that are on the same tax code, okay. uh, but don't have the same IRS audits that we've had. Um, we've been fully audited by the IRS, um, been uh, fully closed out, no change audits a little over a dozen times. So there's just been back-to-back -back success. Um, but there are some other strategies that kind of give us a bad name um, and a bad okay. rap uh, because yep. just because they're on the same tax code, people often associate them together despite them not being similar at all. Um, and what that one, that strategy does uh, is essentially what you just mentioned where let's say I'm selling my business for, you know, I'm just going to use a million dollars here just for ease of example. Yep the that company is going to say okay hey great we'll give you a loan for $950,000 we're going to take $50,000 and in 30 years pay us back the full million and have a great life okay and so the IRS is basically saying whoa 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 what's going on here you guys that money's in your pocket you have to pay taxes and so they're having a lot of trouble closing out their cases because obviously um it's kind of a no brainer that it, that just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So there's no way to borrow debt against a trust. Like that's just, that's a no, no. Okay. All right. I just like to make sure I know all my tax strategies. Uh, <laughs> so what, you know, yeah. Say you sell your business for a million bucks. What, you know, what's the process like, like how do, how do you guys work with a client? You know, say I'm exiting my company. Uh, I got, 90 days or something and I'm going to be closing. What What's the process like, like from the beginning? Is it? Yeah, no, really great question. So first and foremost, um, and I'll start with it coming directly to me. So let's say um, a lot of our clients come to me through LinkedIn, um, surprisingly enough, okay. they'll reach out to me on LinkedIn and they'll say, Hey, um, I'm closing in a few months. This is my situation. I'm selling my business for a couple million dollars and I have this much uh, debt. I'm paying off this bunch of loans. My CPA told me I owe about, you know, a million dollars in taxes. Can you help? So first and foremost, what I'll do is I'll schedule a time with them, just discuss kind of the basics of the deferred sales trust. And um, the big thing I want to find out is I want to find out their goals. I want to know what they're going to do with this money. Are they planning to retire um, and live off of this money? Do they want to take it? Do they want to pay off their mortgage? Um, because if they're going to pay off their mortgage, uh, if though if their goals are to pay the mortgage, buy a new car, um, pay for their kid's college right away, uh, yeah. pay off their student loans, all of that's going to be considered constructive receipt in the IRS's eyes. So it might not make sense for them to pay 
um, our fees and then also pay the capital gains tax. So, mm -hmm. um, and then also, it just wouldn't make sense at all to put that money in the trust because they're if they're going to pay all those mortgage, everything like that, yeah, then that can't be held within the trust. So it's um, it really is dependent on goals. So we have the conversation about goals first and foremost. Mm. If it seems like it's going to be a good fit, the next step would typically be, I want to get them on the phone with our trustee just to answer any of their really in-depth questions that they might have um, or that they might think of on that call because he's really good at bringing out um, different ideas, things like that. Um, if when our trustee, if he deems that it, it's going to be a good fit, it's a, it's, you know, as we're getting closer to the, um, the sale, we yeah. get our tax attorney, our legal team involved, and we make sure that everything is structured in order to keep taxes, um, optimized. So we want to make sure that everything happens, um, with the correct verbiage, things like that. And all yeah. of the stuff that he does, Honestly, way above my pay grade. I love being on those phone calls though, because he is one of the smartest guys I think I've ever heard talk. Oh, and, wow. um, and so once we connect our clients with Todd, who's our tax attorney, um, yeah. from there, it's a pretty, pretty painless process for the seller actually, because he handles a lot of it to make sure that everything happens smoothly. Um, and so from there, once it gets funded, that's really when they dive into, hey, how do you want to invest this money? Wow. Wow. Okay. And so what's timing? What's timing of let's just say we initiate contact to like we got a plan together and and the trust built and uh because obviously you do all of that, right? Like you you form everything, start to yep, pay. Yep. Our attorney, he will form everything for the client. Um, that's part of why uh it's structured so perfectly and he also is the one to defend it in the off chance that it ever gets audited um okay the man who sets it up is also the one that um that defends it in any case of an audit at no additional cost at all um so he does stand behind his structure and then um what, what was your question again, Mark? Well, I'm just sorry. like, uh, I was just thinking about timing, you know, okay. uh, usually these attorneys need time and, and is yeah. it a year long process? Like how, how much advanced would someone want to get a hold of you, uh, you know, to prepare for this? If nothing. Yeah, no, great, great question. Cause we've had some people reach out to us like a year in advance and that's a little early. Okay. To be honest. That, okay. that is a little early, All right. um, but we, we get it every day. People will reach out, you know, okay. a year, a few months. Um, when we'd like to be involved is prior to a letter of intent um, or around the time you're going to be having a letter of intent. Okay. Now, we've done these in as few as about a week, as little as about a week. Now, that's not ideal uh, just because everything gets rushed and it, it's really stressful on um, our team and our attorney. And so I'd like to say maybe a month or two is really the ideal timing prior to exit. Yeah. Well, I like that you said a week. I mean, it, it sounds like we could work together then. <laughs> right before last minute it's okay I like, I like to move quick yeah and like <laughs> things are gonna go like we're rolling right like yeah so you know you guys react pretty quickly then i'd say if you're to the point of loi hopefully you have some plan in place if you don't have any right. plan they could still do it in a week exactly might there cost you, you a little might cost you a little more um <laughs> is there like a certain threshold say you know i sell a company it's like Let's just say a small company. I, I don't know, hundred to two hundred thousand dollar exit, no debt on it. Is, is it even worth it 
you know, is there a certain thresholds that make sense? Like 1031s and all that, like you, you kind of have thresholds that make more sense than not. Yeah. So I would say that the, the threshold that it starts to make sense is about a six figure capital gains tax bill. Okay. Um, and reason being is just because we, we want to make sure that after the fees involved, um, that the client is going to get the most out of it. We mm -hmm. don't want them to be paying the fees and then, um, you know, taking that money out right after or soon after. And um, at that point, it just it just doesn't become beneficial. So we start seeing the most upside uh, after the six figures in capital gains tax bill. Gotcha. No, man, I love it. So yeah. how in the heck did you get into this game? Um, and why did you get curious? This is like a weird niche, you know, it's like, uh, you're not an attorney, so you're you're not doing it, but you're you're promoting it, and and uh, you know it's a it's an interesting game. I'm sure you have a lot of good, interesting conversations with business owners, real estate, anyone's holding Picasso painting owners, uh, <laughs> you know. So what you know, what's your journey? How did you get into this something like this? Yeah, man. So I've actually got a kind of a a, a crazy um journey here. So if if I get off topic, I have a tendency to kind of sidetrack a little bit. So keep, yeah, let's keep do me it. on. It's okay if you slap me silly a little bit, but yeah, let's do um, it. My journey, I, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm 24 years old. Um, I love it. And so I got started um, with my journey, my real journey, probably in May or April of 2021. Okay. Um, I was a senior in college. I went to San Diego State and mid-April, I was thinking to myself, hey, I got to start looking for jobs. And so I applied to this job here, um, my current role. And, okay. and I got the job. I was supposed to start middle of June, right after I got back, right after I finished finals. Uh, after I walked, I was taking like a week or two off to spend some time with family. Yeah. And um, that same week, I actually found out that my dad got diagnosed with ALS. And so at that moment, my, my mindset kind of just shifted a little bit to, Hey, I really need to be close to home. Um, and I just wanted to spend more time with my dad. And so, yeah. uh, fast forward, it was about my first week of finals. So my, you know, my very last finals, I'm, I'm a senior in college. I'm, yeah. uh, I just applied to jobs. I just got a job and, uh, I, I just wasn't feeling great. So I was going to the doctor um, and I hadn't really told my family anything just because I, I didn't think anything was wrong. I was pretty healthy. I was in great shape. Um, you know, I was benching more than I had ever benched. I was super oh, wow. cut. I felt awesome. Right. And I, I couldn't run a mile in like in its entirety. Like I, I just couldn't do it. And I didn't know why. And so I, I went to the doctor because every day um, I would wake up about 8 a.m. And I would drink a bang energy drink, if, if you're familiar. Yeah, bang. Uh, oh, my daughters I, tell me. <laughs> uh, it, it's 300 milligrams of caffeine. It should be enough to kind of get me through the day. And so yeah. I woke up at 8 a.m. I would drink a bang right when I woke up. And um, I, I'd make a big breakfast and... By 12 o'clock, I was in my room asleep. I, I was exhausted. I just wow. couldn't. So I, I had a feeling something might have been wrong. I thought maybe I had like infection or something. Yeah. Um, and so my first finals week, I'm studying and I got a phone call and it was like, hey, I think you need to go see a doctor from from our, you know, uh, 
or, or student healthcare center. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, long story short, that week I got diagnosed with stage three cancer. And oh uh, it, was, it was pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, pretty much no one knew. And I don't know if many people even know today. So if you're watching this, shoot me a text. Yeah, I'm, I'm good now. Um, so spoiler alert. Yeah, let's go. Been about, been about let's go, two years He's really on, good. Um, anyways, I, yeah, May 26th, um, kind of my whole life changed of 2021. It was my graduation day. I was walking at Petco Park and wow. um, that was, you know, it was graduation at 5.30 and at 3.30, I had a, um, I had a meeting with my oncologist in La Jolla. So it was, you know, 20 minutes away and I'm sitting in the room and my first question to the doctor was, Hey, like, do I have cancer? You know, like, is it, is it good? Like, did the surgery get it all out? And he's like, no, like it's spread throughout your body. And, uh, and like, yeah, stage three, I have to do chemo for the next three months. And I was like, okay, well, you know, am I going to lose my hair? Am I going to lose weight? What, what's going to happen? And, uh, and he just told me, he's like, look, it's going to suck. Uh, you're going to lose 30 to 40 pounds. And by the way, anybody who tells me I'm going to do something, I try to not do it. So I actually gained a pound and a half, uh, through chemo just because I, I couldn't do it. I was Attaboy. like, I lose it. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, awesome, man. Oh, um, resilient. Exactly. Yeah. I, it, I think it was more just me being stubborn, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, that, that day I, I really just asked, I was like, Hey doc, like, am I going to live? Is this, is this my last, you know, big celebration? That I've got today. Uh, I graduate college in two hours, and he was—he just kind of was shocked. He's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry," and he's like, "You know, you should be okay, but we never wow. know." And so, I think from that day, my my mindset really shifted. It was a big, it was a big punch in the face for, um, for a 22 year old kid, where it was like, yeah. "Hey, your dad just got hit with something that is gonna take his life." And oh, you just got cancer and might not be here in six months. So let's wow. see how it goes. And um, and I, I really just changed from, hey, I want to make, you know, before I was, I want to make the most money as possible. I want to have a big house. I want to have nice cars. You know, I want to do all these yeah. things. I want to make money. And I realized that money just didn't matter to me. I, mm -hmm. I didn't care about the money because at the end of the day, I would get rid of all of it just for my dad's health, for my own health, like it, it, money didn't matter. So I changed my mindset shift to really, how can I help more people? How yeah. can I help others live their life to the fullest um, and, and spend time with the people they love doing things that matter? Um, and so I just fully shifted and I don't know else, how else to really say it, but um, it, it takes a lot of, um, a lot of grit at that point. Cause you just don't know, Hey, like yeah. do everything that I wanted to here on this earth. Dude, and, that's unbelievable. And um, it, it's, it's a tough conversation to have as a, as a 22 year old with yourself sitting in a, you know, shower. And I, I was just sitting there crying in a shower and I was like, man, did I do everything? Like I have so many regrets. Like I can't, this can't be it. And so I'm sitting there praying to God, just saying, Hey, give me one more chance. And, uh, so now I, uh, it's probably, you know, August and I finished up with chemo and 
I decided that I was going to go get another job. This job, actually, um, they already hired someone. It wasn't going to be a fit and uh, super, super nice. I loved them. And I was like, hey, like, it's all good. I got a job as a loan officer out uh, about an hour from me in uh, Pasadena. I'm not sure how familiar you are with with California area, but dangerous, but not not great. <laughs> OK, OK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I'm in Simi Valley and it was in Pasadena, which is about an hour, hour and a half drive, just depending on traffic. Yeah. So I was a loan officer for about a year and I got that job. And the reason I took it is because my mom used to be a loan officer. My dad was a real estate agent. And so I just wanted to help people get their first houses. I wanted to be able to be the guy who was able to get people um, homes when others said that they could. And so I helped, you know, hundreds of people get into houses and it was a super rewarding feeling. Um, the people I loved helping uh, and one of them come to mind, it, I'll, I'll get rid of their names. It was um, a young lady and a young man who were 19 years old and they both worked at Walmart in the overnight stocking. And um, I helped them get their first house out in Florida. And wow. it was just, it was just the coolest thing in the world because they were just so young and they just wanted it so bad. And we had to, we did so much work. I was like, Hey, you need to ask for this, 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 like ask the, ask your real estate agent if she can do this. And, wow. um, and it, was, it all worked out and it was so rewarding. Um, but at the end of the day, I was really burnt out. I was doing an hour drive there, hour drive back at least. Um, I was putting in 10 to 12 hour days at work and I just realized that that wasn't for me. I wanted to be home. I wanted to spend time with my dad. Um, I wanted to just be around family more and um, I wanted to work a lot less. So I randomly got a call one day uh, during my lunch from Quinn in our office and David, the co-trustees, and they just said, hey, Paul, I, I heard you're doing really well over there uh, we talked to your family and because they were family and friends and they're like okay apparently you're killing it and I was like yeah like I love it like I'm helping a lot of people and they just said is there any chance you'd be interested in working here and uh, they're like Dang. we need someone to come and um, market this who has passion and and wants to help others because that's what we want to do and I just said look I I'm making good money but honestly I I just I can't keep doing this drive. And now the drive is nine minutes from me. Oh, nice. I get to help people do the exact same thing. I'm helping them really be able to spend time on what matters. I mean, they're saving an extra couple million dollars and now they're generating an income off of it. That's the difference between them going on vacations with their grandkids every year um, or just living a life at home that they can't really do much. There's a big difference. So um, I feel super lucky to just be able to be in a position where I get to help people. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool. I just, I, I can't be more grateful for the position of it. Dude, that's awesome. I, I think it's just so inspiring, really. Like people thought they were going to come here and learn about how to defer their taxes, but like your story is, is literally like overcoming adversity and mindset. Like you, you turned everything, like you were thinking about money, like you were money hungry. Like you're like, I want more. I want more. Um, you battled through literally your, your father, you knew was sick. And then all of a sudden two weeks or right before freaking graduation, two hours yeah. Yeah. You diagnosed, 
dude, unbelievable because you kind of turn two words around that I always think about. And like, you know, you were kind of like, you have to do this. You have to do that. Like we got to keep having to do more. And then you kind of switched your mindset to like, we get to do this. I get to yeah. help people. I get to like get people homes in my you know mortgage. So it's like, like, I always think about that. And, and usually when I'm in my darkest days, uh, you know, probably nowhere near dark as yours, um, with having to fight for life, but you, you realize how precious time is. Um, and, and when you don't have dad there, you, you know, and, and you're sick or whatever, it's like, wow, that's uh, like super inspiring, man. Cause you switch, have and get around. And, uh, suddenly now you work every day and you're like, just like the happiest guy. Like I get to help people. Um, I don't have to help anyone. I don't have to go to work today. I, I get to. And I think when you can do that, like good things happen and you get the pressure of like the money off of you. And, and now you're like, you're all driving on purpose instead of just like final outcome and final destinations. And I need to be rich and whatever. It's like, you're just, you found your purpose. So I think, I think everyone that thought they were coming here for uh, uh, a tax deferment strategy, but you know, I think your strategy with mindset is unbelievable of what you've fought through. And uh, I hope a lot of people took away from that story. Listen to that story again, uh, rewind it if you can, because you get a lot of inspiration. Um, so no, man, that's, that's awesome. So, um, how, how much different what you're doing today then? Like, you know, obviously you didn't see yourself here. Um, I know you have a different role in the business. It's not like you're doing the legal work and writing up the trustees. Um, what, what are you doing? What are you doing with the company? Yeah. Awesome question. So I, for the most part, my, my, my job consists of two different things. So first and foremost, uh, I'll talk about the client outreach first. Yeah. Um, clients will reach out to me um, and they'll see me on LinkedIn. They'll see me posting on social media and they'll be interested. They'll say, hey, what are you doing? Um, and that's part of what I do. So I'll, I will explain to them, hey, um, this is how the deferred sales trust works. Here's a 10,000 foot overview. Um, tell me about your goals. Tell me about your situation. What are you going through? Um, and usually they'll tell me, hey, I'm selling my business, real estate, whatever it might be. Uh, so if it makes sense for them, um, then I will connect them with our uh, trustee attorney, like I mentioned before, and go yep. from there. Okay. Now, my second aspect of my job, what I do is um, I work with a lot of advisors, um, commercial real estate brokers, um, CPAs, anybody who would be kind of considered a, a center of influence, so to speak. Okay. Uh, working with you know high net worth clients who have these types of problems. I teach them how to implement this strategy just to add value to their practice um, so that they can offer this and be able to help their clients. So I coach them on how to market it. I coach them on how to um, implement it into their daily uh, routine. Wow. And so, um, well, you mentioned branding. I mean, you're, I see you see your stuff on LinkedIn all the time. And, and, you know, I'm always curious. I think it's, you know, you can learn how to make money, but it's, that's not the game. It's how to keep more money in your pocket. Yeah. And I know in California, I'm in North Dakota, so I'm a little more blessed on my state tax level, but, <laughs> um, you know, uh, that's the game I'm sure in California, right? Like try to avoid the tax. Um, Yep. But, but you're building a brand around this, like on, on LinkedIn, what, you know, what are some of the things you've learned? Um, and, and what are you doing? What's, what's your strategy around, you know, trying to help more people? What do you, how do you, how do you do that? 
Yeah. So on LinkedIn, I, I want to say that um, my strategy really is just to help people. And like I mentioned a little earlier, I think that's how you you gain a following. That's how you build a brand is by adding value to other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I see you do the same thing. You post a lot on LinkedIn and yeah, a lot of it, I feel like it's just talking about your journey. You talk about your story. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, yeah. If this interests you, follow along. Now, I try and do the exact same thing as you where I'm trying to provide value. Uh, you were on my podcast last week. If, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Mark, Let's go. Yeah. Um, and uh, I created a newsletter every single week. I, I try to do something that adds value for all of my followers. Um, and it doesn't need to be deferred sales trust related. Because okay. at the end of the day, I, I just want people to get the most out of it. And I, I want people to help people. Like I said, it's... Um, it's so rare, I feel like today, where you find others like yourself. I mean, and that's why I, I reached out to you to even be on my podcast. And I, I just wanted you because you seemed like you just want to help people. And it, it's so rare to find it. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I'd expect to find it more. Um, and there's not many people that are doing it. So yeah. I think that just adding value is really a key for anybody who's trying to build out a brand or to make themselves well-known because at the end of the day, people are going to follow you because of what they can get from you. And that's okay. Because yep. at the end of the day, everything comes back around. Yeah. And it, it takes time. Like, like it's a give, 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 give more. And then you, you will get, I promise yeah. you, uh, we, you and I don't even work together, but yeah. I know we will, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. know in my heart we will. It's just, it's just when, and, and, exactly. um, especially what you do, it's very timing sensitive. It's like, you don't want to be, you can't, you know, if no one knows about you, then you're not the Lord and savior ever. But if you're constantly right. adding value to them, it's like, wow, when I do exit, I'm going to think about Paul and see if he can help me out, save some taxes. So it's, yeah, it, it's fun on LinkedIn. You can help a lot of people. Um, it's fulfilling that, you know, when you check your DMS and, 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 you know, people reach out like you and it's like, Hey, thank you for that. And, I very often or very seldom do I ever ask for anything, you know, but even if I like have to hire an employee in my construction company, people like, they're not even related. They're just, they'll comment just to help me promote it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's very much a community on LinkedIn and, you know, you have Twitter and Instagram and all these other things that I'm trying to figure out. Um, but I always come back to, it's like, it's community based, like, like you gotta have a good people that you surround yourself with. Um, and I think if you surround yourself with pe people like-minded, I think you find a lot of positivity on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. that's why I enjoy it a lot. So, um, and, and it just puts you in a really positive perspective and it keeps all these people really close to you. And you start thinking like them, you start, yeah, you start thinking really, differently. It was really cool the other day. Um, so I think it was actually yesterday I posted uh, just a, a little tip I, I used to use as a loan officer on LinkedIn. And uh, it was for, for anybody watching, if you follow me, you might have seen it. But um, it was basically that every Thursday I used to make cold calls on Thursdays or, or just follow up with all my clients on Thursdays. Okay. Um, and it was for one reason and one reason alone. It was um, I would start every call with, hey, blank, happy Friday, Junior. How's your day going? Uh, and and everybody would be like, what? Or they would just start laughing. But it would always be me with a smile on my face because I knew how cheesy it was. Um, it felt fun. It was exciting. Like I enjoyed doing it. 
and it made me made me happy on the inside. So when you're having fun doing something, um, it, it shines through a phone call. Um, not all the time you get a Zoom where you get to see someone you can't be face to face. Um, smiles shine through phone calls. And so what I uh, I posted that and I had a a new real estate agent actually reach out to me on LinkedIn and they told me that they just signed a uh, the an owner asked them to uh, list their house for them because they called them and they used that line. <laughs> That's awesome. It was literally in the same day. And I was like, no way. And they were like, dude, thank you. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I was like, of Damn. course, like congrats. And yeah. uh, so it was, it was super cool. And I was like, wow, like imagine you just didn't see that post. You wouldn't have that listing, right. uh, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, that's, that is awesome. Yeah. When, when you see things like actually changing people's lives, you know, or like yeah. happening, uh, it gives you a lot of satisfaction and, and, uh, you know, we get to have fun and do what we'd love to do every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, man, that's, that's sweet. Um, what, uh, you know, what's your biggest advice for someone? I know you're younger, but you've, you've battled through some adversity and, there could be other cancer survivors, people out there like that have hit the wall. Um, it, it may not even be cancer, maybe anxiety. It may be something, a mental mindset shift. What, you know, what helped you through that process? Because like you must be mentally very strong today. I would just think so. Um, cause you really yeah. discovered yourself. So what can you explain, even if it's not cancer, just something like, how sure. did you, how did you find yourself and how did you overcome that? Yeah, man. So two things. Um, first and foremost, and um, I apologize for um, bringing religion into this, but um, God, 100%. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All my strength into him. I, I never take this necklace off. Uh, even I've showered with it for two years straight. Uh, never coming off unless I get a newer one. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah so yeah, man, I put my put my faith in God and just really let him take the wheel. Cool. Second, um, ever since I was a kid, um, my dad would ingrain this in uh, through sports, whatever it was, just in life. Um, he would tell us that there's two things you can control. It's your attitude and your effort. If you have a positive attitude and you give 110% effort, don't be upset with the result. Mm. You gave it your all. There's nothing else you can do. And so um, it it really lets you relax just because you know you're giving it your everything. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't live a life of regret. And I think that regret is oftentimes the reason that people will be anxious. They'll, they'll wonder, oh, what would have happened if, yeah. or, oh, you know, like, what if I would have just bought that house and didn't invest in this and I'm going to make the wrong decision or, you know, what, what should I do? As long as you can tell yourself at the end of the day that you tried your best and you did it with a smile on your face with a hundred percent um, you know, just loyalty to trying to do your best. Can't change it. So I'm um, just, I love that. It. And uh, it, it really helped me just get through everything, man. Um, cool. both of those combined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's, uh, some good hacks. I mean, I, uh, like I said, you really discovered, I'm sure exactly who you are and how to fight through some of that stuff. So that's, that's awesome. So I, I know that you, you're probably the mindset a lot stronger than a lot of people out there. What, you know, you got any of the biggest, what's your biggest fear? Dude, spiders. Um, <laughs> Take that no. to the next level. <laughs> no, no, not spiders. Um, 
I think it's a, it's a fear of being mediocre, um, of living a life that I don't help people, um, living a life that I just mm. sat and I watched Netflix every day. I, I try to think of life as if I'm watching a show on Netflix, would I be content with just watching someone sitting on the couch watching TV all day? <laughs> like, is that an exciting story? Is that an exciting journey to watch? No. Yeah. Like, so why am I going to live that way in real life? You know, I want life to be exciting. I want to help people. I want to be the reason that um, others are happy, others succeed. And, and so um, something I started doing right when I got back into the area, I started uh, actually volunteering at a uh, baseball league. Um, uh, it's cool. for kids with disabilities who just want to play baseball. Um, so they're between ages four and 15. And I just wanted to give back. I wanted to do something that, that helps kids, helps others just make a difference in their life. I mean, it, something as small as an hour of my Saturday morning, like I get to change the lives of 15 kids. Yeah. You know, and, that's cool. Put a smile on their face. So yeah, it's, it's little things and everybody can do it. And, and it's not going to be, you, know, you don't even have to go volunteer, whatever. Maybe it's, you know, you see someone who need gas in their car. They left their wallet at home. I mean, is, is 50 bucks going to kill you? Yeah. Yeah. No, heck no. Yeah. I, you know, to add that a little bit, you know, it's like, I guess it's not my fear, but like into the mindset, it's like you, you wear the cross on your neck. You don't take that off either. You know, yeah. like you, you help kids and, uh, you know, I, I like, I wear these little bands and it has, um, different things that we raise money for all the time and, and kids that we've helped and things, nice. whatever. It just like, it helps you through the hard days though. Right. We're still going to have hard days. We're entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. We're, we're we want to do more. Like that's just our oh, mindset, yeah. but you're going to have the hard days and you're going to have to get gritty. And, uh, you know, I always have to have reminders in front of me. So I have a, things that I lay on my desk and I have things that I wear on my arm and, and it just helps me through some of that. So, um, but yeah, helping people, that's a, that's definitely, uh, I, I mean, it's satisfying. Right. And, uh, it, it is, and yeah. it, it might be even more for me, you know what I mean? It, it yeah. helps, helps me feel good. And, and it, it's almost maybe selfish, but at least I, I know that I'm making a difference. And so that's kind of where it plays in. Dude, dude. And that's another good point. Like start with yourself. Like if, if like people like try to give so much, like they're not even happy. It's like, yeah. you have to take care of yourself, take care of your body, take care of you, make sure you're happy then help people like, like be selfish. I don't think that's a bad thing to have, man. Like, yeah. like I love helping people, but Mark's not happy and I'm miserable. It's like, it's really, it's going to actually get more challenging for me to help people if I'm miserable. Um, yeah. But if you got your, your head space in a, in a good positive way and your mindset's right, man, it's, it's, it's pretty hard not to, not to live each day to the fullest now and then help as many more people than we would otherwise. Yeah. So I saw a, um, I saw a good analogy and it was, uh, it was about like people on airplanes and you know how the, the oxygen mask comes down. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the pilots, they always instruct you. They say, hey, you know, please put yours on first and then help your kids. Ah. And and so that's just a, it's a good, you know, it's a good thought process. It's like, well, hey, if I don't have my oxygen mask, but my kid does, like, great, my kid has it on, but now I'm gone. So yeah. they'll be fine. I have to take care of myself first, then help them because now both of us are good. 
Right. Well, I think some moms would challenge us out there, but I think, <laughs> I think even moms should take care of themselves and like, yes, it's all about the kids in life. Like I have yeah. two, two daughters and a son and, um, I dedicate life to them and I help them, but you still got to help yourself. Like, don't, yeah. don't take care of every, their little need. They'll figure things out. They're going to fail. Let them fail. Um, I always tell everyone that cause I, I let my kids do whatever. It's like, Hey, you're making supper tonight. Well, I'm dad. I'm seven. It's like, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> that's what we figure do. It out. Yeah. 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 Figure it out yourself. Uh, you'll see me with the hashtag teach them young. Um, <laughs> I am a believer. I talk about investments with my kids. I talk about whatever money, whatever makes, uh, you know, is not common. I, I just do it with my kids. Cause I know how it's going to help them in the future and, and whatever. So, um, but take care of you, your kids, your kids that can go on their own. I promise you they're more <laughs> capable than you think they are, oh, yeah. um, but make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, um, well, I got one last question for you and then we're going to yeah. figure out how we can, uh, you got some cool things that you're doing as well. We're going to figure out where we can find you and uh, some of the content you're producing. Um, what does unfollow the herd mean to you? Good question, man. Unfollowing the herd, I think it just means to go against the norm. If, if everyone's jumping off the bridge, are you going to jump off? Mm. Now, now, me as an eight-year-old kid, if my mom asked me that, I said yes, because then everyone's going to be piled up before me, and I will just jump you know, two inches and land on top of everyone. Yeah. Uh, just because I was uh, a smart aleck, you know. But... Um, <laughs> No, man, unfollowing the herd, I think it just means going against the norm, um, gotcha. but following your own path and pursuing what you're passionate about. Yeah. Because if if you go after whatever's popular, um, you know, maybe if today being a real estate agent is popular or if, to, you know, but I don't love doing real estate or, um, you know, if, if, I don't know, doing X, Y, and Z is popular and I go do that just because it's popular. Am I really satisfied? Am I going to be happy and fulfilled? And when I fast forward to being 80 years old, looking back, am I going to live a life? Did I live a life that was full of regret? Um, mm. And I never want to be that way. So I think it means just um, pursuing your dreams and, uh, and and never living a life that's filled with regret. Dude, I love that. That's good. That's good. Uh, how do we, how do we find more from Paul, what happens if we want to learn more about tax deferment and where, you know, where are you producing content? Yeah. So mostly I would say LinkedIn is going to be the best place to find me. Um, my, it's just my first, my last name, Paul Ranieri. Uh, and then subscribe to my newsletter. I do a weekly newsletter with a podcast. So last week Mark was on it. Um, I don't know when this is going to get posted, but, uh, it was posted around June 20th or so. Yeah. Uh, so go check that out. Mark, was a stud on there. Um, I had a great time. That was one of my favorite interviews. So definitely. yeah, no, it's good, man. I love it. I yeah, love it. That's definitely awesome. everyone should go check you. that one out. Um, and yeah, check out YouTube. I mean, YouTube is linked with my newsletter and podcast. So if cool. you're trying to get, um, you know, just some more info, uh, definitely if you have questions, reach out to me. I'm always happy to answer any questions or help anyone. Yeah, no, man, I appreciate that. Uh, subscribe to your newsletter. I think that's a great way to go a little deeper with people and you'll get, understand most people want to read things. Um, and if you're, you're going to need Paul at some point in your life, uh, whether you're, you're going to exit something, you're going to sell something valuable, um, let him be able to guide you through the exit so you can keep some more money in your pocket. Um, 
we also, I think, took a whole mindset shift today that that Paul's got some of like the deepest inspiring stories. Like, I mean, it's truly an honor to have you on today and and share that story with us because um, a lot of people see their days as as challenging and and you know they they can't get out of their own way and and improve their mindset to really know like why we do what we do and like how to battle through some adversity. Um, and you prove that it can be done and, and you can, you're an inspiration to all of us today. So, uh, if you have any tax deferment or need some inspiration, you should get a hold of Paul Renari for sure. And, uh, man, thanks. Thanks so much for having you on. I appreciate you jumping on here with me. Mark, thanks so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. I'm sure I'm excited to, uh, do some business with you in the future. Let's go. All right. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. Peace.